0: Hello, and welcome to my podcast. Let's talk about it with the Word of God. I'm your host, Medina. In today's episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about how to operate in God's love. I know that sometimes that can be hard when we deal with different people, or even if we're going through different things in our lives, it can be hard to operate in God's love. But what I've learned from personal experience and from hearing others teach about it as well, that operating in God's love is literally the key to so many good things to happen in our lives. And so I just wanted to share a few things with you. It's not a full study. It's just something light today, uh, just to encourage you and to just give you a little bit more insight as to um, how to operate in God's love. So if that sounds good to you, then stay tuned. Okay. So, like I said, we're going to be talking about operating in God's love, but I wanted to set the scene like I have in the past episodes. So right now it is about, it's almost 7 o'clock p.m., so it's already dark here, (laughs) Um, and I'm sitting on my bed, I have a headlight on, um, and I have my Bible open in front of me, and my notes as well that I jotted down. Um, I'm also looking at a crochet project that I need to finish before Christmas (laughs) Um, because at the time I'm recording this, it is uh, December of 2024. So Christmas is around the corner. I'm working on a a couple of things for some people. So um, and how is my bunny doing? Uh, My bunny is doing great. He is taking a little nap, um, but he's doing good. Um, I'm doing good. All is well, so yeah, that's the scene. <laughs> so let's just jump right into today's topic. Um, so operating in God's love—that uh, sounds like a very proper term. And the word operating—I didn't look this up, uh, the definition, but from my understanding, um, you know, just by you know process of elimination, uh, when you're operating something, let's say you're opera- operating uh, machinery. Um, let's say a lawnmower or a chainsaw or or anything like that um, you're operating it um, with the knowledge of knowing how to um, and you understand the purpose behind it and so whenever you're you're operating in God's love that means you're working in God's love you're working with the knowledge of the uh, the long term objective so if you're if you start the lawnmower you're operating it and you know the objective is to mow the lawn. <laughs> I I know it's a very uh, simple concept and a weird comparison, but that's just what I thought of and hopefully it's helpful to somebody. Um and so I find that sometimes that it's hard to do that because we want to think of um, you know, uh how do we love people or how can I love this person with my own capacity of love. And what I've found is that that's that that comes to an end really fast. Because our love is very limited because of our past experiences, how we have received love, um, and that changes our perspective of what love is. And so that's what I found in my personal life is that I didn't, I mean, I grew up in a very loving home, um, so it's not the family, it's more the friends that I made, things that I've been through, um, and friendships even, I'm not even talking about romantic relationships, um, friendships, have been really hard, um, throughout my life. And it really teaches you about yourself. It teaches you how to love people through things. And what I realized is that if I relied on my love, I get, is a lot more work. I'm, I'm striving a lot more, but if I'm operating in God's love, there's a peace there because <laughs> anything to do with him brings peace. And that's what I endeavor to do, especially at my job um, I work, uh, at a, in in the customer service department for the ministry that I moved down here for. And so naturally (laughs) you hear customer service, you think of just dealing with a bunch of people. And, um, you know, my, my initial perspective of it was kind of daunting if I'm being honest, because I am from upstate New York. So we're kind of, we're kind of like, we're, we're nice, but We, we still, like, if someone's whining about an issue that they cause, we kind of veer off of, like, well, you need to fix that yourself while you're crying about it, which is, like, I mean, in some ways it's kind of true, but there's no compassion (laughs) behind that. So, um, being in the position that I'm in and that I have been, it's taught me that I need to rely on God's love, like, all the time because I, my love is so limited for people. And so I wanted to bring us to a scripture that I've mentioned in previous episodes. And it's one of my favorite passages. And it's in Psalm 139. Um, And I'll turn to it. I have uh, the New Living Translation with me today. Because my other ones are either at work or in my car. Um, And this just talks about God's love, how he sees us, how much he loves us and i think you know the lord showed me that i needed to start here when talking about operating in god's love because how can you operate in a love that you don't know how can you use a love that you don't know <laughs> and so psalm 139 is a is a passage that um the lord really had me read every single day for a while um because i just wanted to know his love for me for myself I didn't want anybody else to tell me, you know, oh God loves you this much. Like I wanted to know he loves me without a doubt. I wanted to stand firm on the fact that, you know, God loves me, so he's gonna protect me. Like I know he's gonna protect me. He's my father. Like what else is he gonna do? <laughs> like that 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 amount of confidence, I, I, I wanted that. And so um Psalm 139 is of course one of my favorite um scriptures or chapters in the Bible. Um, so I'll just read it because I think it's good to be, um, to read and put your eyes on the word. That's what we're taught at my job in the ministry that I'm a part of, um, to put your eyes on the word. So here we go. (laughs) And we're going to read it. Well, I'm going to read it. You can listen. All right. Psalm 139. Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down and stand up. You know my thoughts, even when I I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything. Well, you know everything I do. Yes, <laughs> and you know what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand, a blessing on my on my head. And such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. And to you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life... You recorded it in your book; every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them, and they're outnumbered—the grain. They outnumbered the grain of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me, O oh God. If only you would destroy the wicked and get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. O Lord, and should I hate those who hate you? Should I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred, for your enemies are my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. So that's Psalm 139. And it's a pretty powerful psalm, in my opinion. And something that I didn't understand, and you're probably wondering the same thing right now. It's okay. Um, something that I didn't understand was verses 19 to 22, where it's like, oh, God, if you would only destroy the wicked. And I'm just like, geez, we're just dwelling in the fact that, like, oh my gosh, you will me in my mother's womb. Oh, you love me so much. And then we, like, you know, we changed gears to this, like, you know, how dare you let the wicked even exist, Lord, blah, blah, blah. But what i have realized and even in just reading this now is that when you when you love someone so much so that you would defend them and like stand up for them whoever is in opposition towards that person you're you're that they're standing against you so it is kind of like oh people hate god well they, they hate me too and that's fine i'm okay with that Why? Because you know how much God loves you. So I'm glad that the Lord, you know, you listen to the Lord and he knows all. I'm glad that the Lord told me to mention this one first because we have to know how much he loves us in order to operate in his love because we don't know how much he loves us and how he loves us then we're not going to be able to um, produce that in our own lives and in our own relationships with people. And I think that if you get to a point with God and really with anyone that you're willing to stick up for them, that's a sign of, you know, you understand the value in that person. And so I I I understand that part. Of course, there's probably further um, study on that. <laughs> um, but I'm not a theologian, nor do I, you know, aspire to be one. I'm just trying to live out God's word for myself and help others as well, because it can be hard sometimes. So that's what I wanted to share for the beginning of that. And then after, you know, you actually know God's love. And of course, we're not going to know it to its full capacity because that's literally impossible. Um, But um, once you, once you endeavor to know God's love, you're going to see it in your life. Um, And because I know that's happened to me. Um... But after you know how much God loves you, um, then that's when you can just, you know, chill with him (laughs) or abide in him is what the Bible says. (laughs) Um, And in my mind, it's, it's, you know, because you have a knowing, you can rest in that. And so, of course, I think you guys know where I'm going to go with this because I said the word abide to John 15. (laughs) And I'll be reading um, verses 1 to 17. And this is talking about, you know, uh, being connected to the vine and producing fruit and, and everything like that. And I know, you know, if you have grown up in church, you've heard this a million times. But what I find is that when we put the word in different contexts, in our lives, uh, we see it differently. And it's a new revelation. So I'm going to read it. Um, If you haven't noticed by now, I like to give context. Um, And so we're at a point in John where he's been teaching all of these things to people. And um, I believe this is before he is crucified. Yes, this is before he's crucified and betrayed and all that stuff. That makes me upset. Um, Not upset, but you know, anyway, um, so my the title that I have in my Bible says Jesus the True Vine. Again, this is John fifteen. If you're reading along, and if you're not, you can just listen, okay? And this is Jesus speaking through the whole thing. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. And those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does remain in me is is thrown away I I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. This is no greater There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the fathers told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the father will give you whatever you ask for using my name this is my commandment, love each other. So I've read this in the New King James before growing up, but when I got the New Living Translation, I just really like how it reads because it makes it more personal for me. It's like Jesus is actually talking to me. And it's just amazing how he uses himself as an example of what we should be for him or with him rather. He's saying that he's abiding with his Father. He's connected with his father and that's how he's able to do everything he's doing. And at the end, I mean, his command, his one command is to love each other, love, (laughs) because he's loved us. And I feel like sometimes we, we get so lost in striving and just doing and, you know, I'm working on myself, all this stuff, but we don't really take the time to rest in the Lord and the things he's already done for us. I mean, as long as we're connected to him, we have everything we need to survive in this world. We don't have to be in fear. We don't have to, um, overthink things. Yes, I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> um, and I feel like it is, if you heard that, that's my, that's my bunny Arya is playing. Anyway, um, But I feel that as though sometimes when we're going through our day to day and we just lose sight of God and we lose sight that he's there and we lose sight of the Holy Spirit inside us too that Jesus left for us when he went back to heaven. And I now make it a point to just acknowledge him um, in everything that I do. And, you know, whoever I'm with, I'm privileged to have a community of you know people who um my friends most of well no not most all of my friends are christian um because i'm in a little christian bubble um um, it's okay and um and i find that even even in the christian bubble you can lose sight of the lord like you can even um even in your day-to-day like you know praise the lord like are you actually thinking about what you're saying or is it just christianese now um and it's really important to think about because God is so good and he's done so many things for us that we need to stop and say thank you. And we need to spend time with him and honor him and and just, um, we just really need to take that time and just to slow down and to recognize his goodness and, me and and something that I really admire about me and one of my uh, really good friends is that whenever he and I hang out, we always take time to acknowledge his presence. We both uh, like music um, and we like worship music. And so it's either he or I will put on some kind of worship music and we'll just play it through my car and we'll just we will just sit there, eyes closed, and just, just listen to the words, and just invite him in, invite him into, to to the space. I mean, we could be, (laughs) we could be, um, you know, talking about goofy things, or like, you know, eating McDonald's in, in the car, but we just stop and acknowledge his presence, because he's worthy of that. He's worthy of so much more, but he's worthy of at least that. (laughs) Um, And I just think that it's really important to have people in your life that encourage that because then, um, you are more inclined to do it on your own time too, because you have friends that are doing it because whatever you do, in my opinion, if you don't do it at home, you don't do it outside of your home. Um, and you know, I don't have any statistics for that. I've just observed, uh, my life and others as well. And... So abiding in the Lord and just being connected to him constantly, I know that may sound boring. Um, And, you know, I probably said that sentence and some people may have been shocked, but I am a real person. I've gone to church my whole life. And so when someone's like, spend time with Jesus, like it could, it could sound boring. But one day I just asked myself, why is it boring? Is it because I'm doing it a way that somebody else is doing it? Am I not understanding what that actually means? So that goes back to the first point that we need to first get to know who loves us and how he loves us and how much he loves us. And then that, you know, once we accept that, it'll go into a relationship of, I want to spend time with him because he loves me so much and he's kept me from so much. He has so much prepared for me. And so I'm just going to stick with him. I'm just going to lean into him and I'm going to you know, do what he says, follow his commandments and I'm going to love on people and, and operating in God's love. That's what Jesus did. That is all he did when he walked this earth is he operated in his father's love because he knew how much God loved him already and he just wanted to walk in that and show other people and that's what Jesus wants us to do. That's what he's telling us to do in this chapter, is to do that to others. He didn't say, you know, when it's convenient or when it feels good. I'm sure him dying on the cross didn't feel good or him going to hell didn't feel good. But he did that out of love because he was operating in love. Hallelujah. (laughs) Um, um, That's just, it's just an amazing thing. And of course, you know, we can't be Jesus. There's only one Jesus. But he he wants us to be like him because that makes us closer to his father that he knows his life's endeavor was to share God like his father's love with others so they can have a relationship with God I think that's just so beautiful um but then you know life happens and now we're saying okay Okay, so, you know, this is all great and dandy, but, like, how do I actually do that? Like, how do I actually, like, function in the whole operating in God's love thing? Um, And this may not be a big revelation to some, but I just heard this at work in a leadership meeting. And um, it really, it really stuck with me. And this is what I'm going to be ending with. Um, It's in Proverbs 2. And I'm just going to read the the whole chapter once more (laughs) Uh, because, again, context is really important. Um, But also the whole chapter is called The Benefits of Wisdom. Uh, And so I think that when we need help with something, even if it is like, you know, producing one of the fruits that, you know, Jesus told us to, we just ask him for help. And I think it takes a lot of humility to do so. But if you don't know to ask for help in the first place, you're not going to do it. And so, I am in Proverbs 2, I'm going to read the whole chapter, so that's verses 1 to 22. And again, I'm in the New Living Translation, so you can either follow along, or you can listen. Okay. So, the title that I have is The Benefits of Wisdom. My children, listen to what I say, and treasure my commands. Tune your ear to wisdom, and consecrate and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Wisdom will save you from evil people and from those whose words are twisted. These men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong, and they, un- and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked, and their ways are wrong. Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. And she has abandoned her husband and ignores the covenant she, she made before God. Entering her house leads to death. It is the road to the grave. The man who visits her is doomed. He will never reach the paths of life. So follow the steps of the good and stay on the path of the righteous. For only the godly will live in the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be removed from the land and the treacherous will be uprooted. So I just think that's a really helpful chapter because it's not only telling us that we should ask <laughs> For help, but why? Like, what are the benefits? I feel like sometimes we need to know the end result in making a decision. And sometimes we don't get that, but sometimes we do get the end result. Like, you know, okay, what do I get out of it? (laughs) I know we can, um, we may not say that, but as humans, you know, that's kind of how we think. And this, it just answers your question. Okay. So like, you know, abiding in God and like using wisdom and asking for help, but like, what do I get out of it? Apparently like (laughs) you being wise and asking for knowledge keeps you safe. I mean, that's good enough for me. Of course, the whole chapter explains it, but just that in and of itself, Um, and I don't think it's only just safe physically, but, you know, guarding your heart. And that's something that I was, I came to the revelation, or the Lord gave me the revelation rather, that if I'm operating in his love, okay, so we're we're putting all these three points together, we're, we're ending this in a little bit. But if we, if we desire to operate in God's love, and we put all these three, three, these three things together. If we know how much God loves us, like he, he loves us so much. He intimately loves us. He would do anything for us. And now that we know that, okay, cool. Now we're just chilling. We're like, yeah, I know God loves me. I know he's like, we're, we're cool, whatever. Um, and then you have further knowledge of, um, abiding in him. And so not only do you know God's love, but you are now, you know, in in a partnership. And then you're actually doing. So in all of that, you know, let's just pick a person that's hard to love. Why they're hard to love is, is up to your discretion. I have one in mind, of course. We all do. Um. So how do we apply what we just talked about to that person? So first of all, God, I know you love me but i also know that you love them just like you love me so in that we already have one thing in common that you love both of us so there's no where we're on we're on the same side <laughs> um i'm not trying to fight you know my my sister or my brother because we're on the same level okay so now i understand that and i'm not so as i breeze through these there is it's it's going to take time because through that we'll we'll you'll, the Lord will reveal different things that, you know, you need to work on in order to even accept the fact that God loves them as well. But that's what, you know, that's just something that, you know, the Lord loves to correct us. He, he loves, he corrects those he loves. So that's, it's a good thing if, if he corrects you. But, um, so, okay. So now I know that he, that Lord, that you love both of us and, you know, Psalm 139 applies to this person as well. So how do I actually go about loving on this person? I don't have to give them hugs. I don't have to, like, give them, like, you know, cards for their birthdays or whatever. But how do I operate in love towards this person? Um, And abiding in the Lord and getting to know Him and observing Jesus and how He operated in love is key for us to know how to love on people who really don't deserve it, if we're being honest. Sometimes we think that, you know, well, they're not even worthy of me being nice to them. doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter what they deserve because, first of all, we're we're not their judge. Uh, God is their judge. And if God loves them, then we do too. And even, and I'm getting to the next point now, even if you have to ask the Lord, Lord, show me, give me your heart for them, even if it's a little bit. Because I don't have it. I, I. And again, like I said, I'm from upstate New York. And so a lot of the time, we don't really like to deal with a lot of people's nonsense, if you will. That's just how I grew up. If you're whining about a problem that you cause, fix it yourself and stop complaining about it. Um, which is very abrasive. And some, you know, it is kind of true. But it, you don't have to approach it that way. There's no love and compassion in that. Um, and so... I feel that for me to overcome that, I had to actively ask the Lord. I said, you know, when the Lord put my best friend into my life, I, at first, we were really not that great friends because she's from a a completely different state and culture. And it just, it was just, it repelled me. Um, But the Lord kept putting her in my path. And I'm like, okay, fine, Lord. If you want us to be friends, you have to show me what you see in her and give me your heart for her because I don't have it. I'm very, I'm, I'm, I'm being judgmental right now. So I repent for that, but you got to help me out here. I can't, you I can't do this on my own. I don't have the love capacity that you do. And now she's my best friend. Like she's like my number one best friend. Like I go to her for anything And it's just amazing how when you allow the Lord to work in you, He will. But if you don't allow Him, He won't. And so, in my opinion, from what I've seen in my own life, that if we don't trust God in the first place, then everything we just talked about won't happen. Um, We have to trust Him. And sometimes that takes a choice. Sometimes it's, it's not a feeling. Sometimes you can read words on a page and not believe them. But, and you know, I don't want anyone to get to this point, but I have gotten to that point in in my life of, you know, people around me have failed me. People around me have let me down. They've hurt me. And when it came down to it, I, I knew God was there. Again, I grew up in a church. I grew up Christian. So I always knew God was there. I knew his word. So I got to the point that I'm like, okay, fine. Lord, you're the only one that's been here with me this whole time. And you're the only one that loves me. I mean, that's what your word says. And your word doesn't change, right? Because you never change. I was very skeptical when trusting him. But I, I felt like I didn't have any other choice. But I made a choice to trust him, even if I didn't feel that I could. Because I'm like, well, Lord, if I can put my trust in people who don't who who don't care about me or who have hurt me or who have let me down, if I can put all of my trust in them, surely I can put all my trust in you because you've never done anything to hurt me. According to Psalm 139, you love me more than anyone ever can. So who else am I supposed to trust? And once we... And again, I don't want anyone to get to that point of, you know, people have hurt you and that's why you trust God. That's just my example. Um, But you have to make that choice. And it takes faith to trust God. Um, But once you do, it brings so much healing and peace and freedom. And it just takes the striving away. It takes the hardship of being a Christian away and knowing that you have him there to ask for help is just, it's just a beautiful thing. And if we learn to rely on him way more than we do, we'll be able to see people the way God does. How do I know? Because that's what he's done with me, especially working at my job. Um, you deal with a lot of people who who call and who are just who who they they're going through their own things, and you have to remember that you have to remember that every everyone that we see, everyone that we talk to, they're going through their own stuff. And the last thing we should be doing is judging them. But rather, we should be praying for them and loving on them because that's what God's doing. So we should do the same. <laughs> Um, so that's all I have. Um, I may talk about this in future episodes, but I just wanted to put this in there because I felt that it was important. Um, so, yeah, I will probably be talking about operating in God's love and how to do that because it's definitely not a one episode kind of thing um, topic rather. But, yeah, it's it's what I had on my heart to share with you guys. So I hope it was a blessing to you. Okay. So that's what I got to say about operating God's love. Um, so again, um, all the links are in the show notes. Um, instagram hasn't been too active not gonna lie but um new year's coming up and naturally you want to hit the reset button so i'm trying to you know figure that out a little bit more to make it a bit more attainable and and homey and realistic for me and my schedule um but i still want to get that active for you guys the email is still there um the link tree link is still there too um, yeah. So if this was a blessing to you, uh, you can go ahead and listen to it again. You can download it on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can share it with a friend, uh, whatever you want to do, whatever the Lord tells you to do, go ahead and do it. Um, yeah. So that's all I have for you today. Uh, hopefully I'll be posting a bit more. I, I endeavor to do that for sure. Cause there's a lot that the Lord has been putting on my heart lately. And so, yeah. So I guess that's it. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Bye.